Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Let's Watch podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Black Panther and Jessica Jones. But first, my co-host Carolyn is going to talk about something she's watched that she hasn't told me what it is yet. She's going to <laughs> say some weird movie name I've never heard of and then explain it. That's actually false. Today, we're starting it off with something that you should have heard of unless you've been living under a rock. Um, so I saw A Wrinkle in Time in theater. Never heard of it. (laughs) I think it only needs to be discussed discussed because it's um, relevant and new. But so basically, I went to I went to the film because it's made by a bunch of powerhouse women, and um, I'll I'll always go see films that are to support you know young girls feeling empowered. Um, And I mean, this movie it's directed by Ava DuVernay. Is that how you pronounce her name? DuVernay. DuVernay. My apologies. <laughs> um, so it's directed by her, and um, it's got Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, Oprah, Chris Pine, and it is introducing Storm Reed, which I'm pretty sure is not a real name. That's an awesome name if it's real, though. I know, and she's 14, <laughs> and she's pretty great. <laughs> um, but so basically, yeah, so I saw this film mainly just to support it, because I think it's a good, uh, a good thing to support. And that is all that I got out of it as well. I know the reviews <laughs> are coming out that are saying it's like not great, which is, yeah, it was not great. The CG is a bit, or the CGI is a bit. Um, is it not great as in like boring or is not great as in like doesn't make sense? Well, a, a bit of both. I mean, not a lot happens. Um, and they like kind of introduce you to this world without really. Don't they like travel you- through time? They do in like other dimensions, but of course it's a kids movie. So they don't explain that. And then suddenly they're just in this weird whimsical place and they don't explain that. And there's no people. And it's, it's very weird. I think that they filmed it all in like just a sound studio and like a stage and then just green screened the whole movie. Cause there is not a single set in that entire movie. Um, but I mean like Why? there was good moments there was a couple funny lines. Zach Galifianakis is in it for about 10 seconds, and that's maybe the best 10 seconds of the film. Oh, he got cut then. <laughs> no, he's in like a whole a whole sequence. But, um, I mean, I would definitely recommend the moms bring their little kiddos to it, um, you know, just because it's, it's fun to see these cool ladies in weird outfits and uh, see this 14-year-old being the one to save the world. But uh, beyond that, there's really not a whole lot in the film. So that's disappointing. It is. I mean, it was based on a book and I've heard similar things about the book, but it's a classic. So I guess someone liked it. <laughs> Dad, Carolyn. I'm <laughs> 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 so salty. That's disappointing. I was interested to check it out, but then obviously like listened and read some reviews from people that uh, have similar taste as I do and now you said this base like similar things to them maybe a little worse even and now it, it seems like maybe wait for this one to come out on Netflix yeah uh, like it's a movie I so badly wanted to love um and I and it just kind of fell a little bit flat um but I mean Reese Witherspoon she's great Mindy Kaling's great um I think it kind of falls victim to the fact that those people aren't in it long enough for you to be like yeah so, yeah. Just uh, well, a lot. There's a huge cast, so I mean, not everybody can be uh, a major player. They all have to. Some people have to be playing smaller parts in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, anything else you want to say about a Wrinkle in Time? Or no, that is that. Quick question for you, though: Is my audio loud enough? Do you know? <laughs> yes, it's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> um. Am I screaming in your ear enough is what I'm really asking. No, I can turn you down uh, on my own, which I've already done. So (laughs) don't worry about it. Uh, And there's, you have anything else, anything else you've seen that you want to talk about? Or do you want to move on to Jessica Jones? No, we can move on to Jessica Jones. We only watched the first three episodes of season two, Mm -hmm. um, which came, it's two and a half years after the first season. Um, which is some time, but Jessica Jones has also appeared in the defenders, which I'm assuming Carolyn hasn't watched. Of course not. 
and I've watched and have no idea what happened. So <laughs> I, I don't remember. So it, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure. Cause uh, as far as I can tell from the first few episodes in this one, neither did the showrunner of this show care. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. um, but uh, Carolyn, what did you think of the first three episodes? I'm just going to look up the names of the episodes. Pretty, yeah, pretty for sure. Um, what did I think? Overall, like I was very excited for the show to come back with another season because I absolutely loved the first season. Um, they definitely kind of hit on some of the same themes in terms, which are very relevant themes right now in terms of like sexual assault and harassment and all that jazz. Um, which is, it's interesting because they originally started discussing these before the whole me too movement. Um, Mm -hmm. not before the first person made accusations though. Um, that was slightly before the first season came out, if I recall correctly, but, uh, now me too is in full swing. And I think if it were any other show that was kind of, you know, talking about these themes people would be like oh it's just you know trying to be current and whatever but i mean jessica jones was doing it before this movement become became so prevalent so i think that's that's pretty cool it's cool that they're sticking with that kind of thing um yeah i think that's the basically the basis like the main theme of the show or at least with like the netflix marvel shows in general which i know you have is this jessica jones the only one you've actually watched a season of uh, yes, I've watched episodes of all the other ones except for Iron Fist because why? But they did um, actually, that's it's only they actually only have three TV shows. Um, you're mistaken. There was never an Iron Fist TV show. It got canceled <laughs> before it came out. Of course, uh, as it should have been. Yep. But the shows are at their their each show is kind of like when it's a good show and Iron Fist is bad. Having not watched it, I'm just going to say it's bad. Um, and then Daredevil is like a classic superhero story of like a troubled white man, but he just, he, tech, he does have a disability, but even though he has that disability, he can still see. He's not technically blind, but he is blind. Um, and then the other shows are about a uh, black man, uh, and then Jessica Jones is about uh, abuse survivors, and The Punisher is about veterans. And the shows are at their best when they're dealing with um, like a marginalized group in society and addressing those issues and like uh, a pretty, it's like a way that superhero stuff in general doesn't deal with. Like they actually address the issues. And I think Jessica Jones was one of the best, if not the best at dealing with like the whole abuse stuff and yeah. like, what the toll, the tell like the tolls it takes on the people and even though jessica jones is a superhero it still affects her like she's not she's She's like genetically better than people yeah but she's still a person and it still fucks her up um i do think and like that's where like it's not my personal favorite show um but i still think like the first season's great i do think it does it's too long so Mm -hmm. but with these episodes I think that's what made Jessica Jones so approachable to um, people who don't ordinarily follow superhero shows is that it, it does talk about the issues and it, in a weird way, it humanizes these super powered people. So that's why I liked it so much. Cause I, I do enjoy superhero things, but only in, you know, small doses. Whereas this felt like about a very real girl, essentially. Yeah. And there's not a lot of her being a, like doing superhero stuff. It's mm-hmm. like mostly a, a noir with a female lead because she's wearing all black all the time and has that voiceover and is generally and drinking and then never sleeping. And then <laughs> and the only thing she's missing is smoking. Uh, this whole season she's sleeping though. But it didn't seem like it in the first couple episodes. There was like a solid like two days where I was like, she hasn't gone to bed, but they did show her shower this time. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, in the I think it was the third episode, she gets woken up like more than once by people banging on her door, and I'm like, girl, why? I th- actually, you know what? She's not sleeping. She's probably passed out. Yeah, she's because she drinks herself to sleep because you know she's had a a rough go of it in well, her just life. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um. The episode titles that we watched were start at the beginning freak accident and soul survivor. Uh, I really disliked start at the beginning. I thought it was kind of a bad episode. Like mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is not good anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second or third episode, I think got me back into the show again. Mm-hmm. And like, 
interesting subplots. I do think it's weird that they've given like Trish Trish has like that complicated relationship with her mother. And in the second episode, they've also now just put into the show that she was also abused. I mean, that's just a TV show thing, but it does. It felt, it felt like weirdly like, Oh, uh, okay, well, you could, not every woman in this show is like this now. This is not great. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think, what, well, I guess what I hope that they're trying to do is show how like similar things happen to the same, or to these two women. Um, and, you know, it allows them to relate and whatnot. But also, maybe we'll see how they handled it in different ways and how it changed them in very different ways. Because they're, they're best friends and they've had similar things happen to them but they're drastically different people. Um, and I think, I guess if they explore that a bit, that could be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And like, there's still so much show to go. So like, we don't know how it handles it. I just thought it was like, I, I generally, I liked that episode and I thought it was a good, a good thing, but Trish, it just felt like Trish already has so much going on. Like she's basically yeah. a cold lead now. Like it's her story and then Jessica's story. And I was like, this is a, this is a lot to like, throw into like it just felt like kind of threw off the pacing a little bit because i was like this is like a whole yeah thing and then they quickly shoved their storylines together and now it feels like it's going somewhere but there's also 10 episodes of the show left yeah it's like they're trying so desperately to make her uh to, to like remind the audience like okay she's a lead this season she's a lead this season um and yeah i think jessica wasn't doing a whole lot at the beginning beyond just moping uh, which and, is fine, but I think that they're like, okay, we have to put something else that's interesting in this story. Otherwise, we're just watching Jessica get drunk. Yeah, and I think that's like these shows will be better if they have more main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but Jessica was just being mean to her employee, who was her neighbor Malcolm, who got super buff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got a good haircut. <laughs> yeah, he got a better haircut and got a way buffer. He's no longer like a skinny little twig. He's like. Basically looks like Luke Cage. <laughs> well, it's true. He's like super swole. Yeah. At, at first I didn't recognize him because I was like, this guy's like an aura of familiar, but who the heck is he? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this man is looks different than the last time I saw him. Yeah. Uh, but oh, overall, like I'm still uh, going to watch more and would yeah. like to talk about like the next three episodes with you. Like I don't want to say a whole lot for spoiler mm-hmm. stuff. Also, because a lot there's a lot of just unresolved things yeah we don't know where it's gonna go yeah i will say with this and like we spoiled the trish stuff but like pretty much every character character from the previous season that's in this season is given like a new development in their life that is just generally shitty Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i did like that i I like that they all kind of continued to grow as characters right from the beginning but um that being said there were there were weird side plots that I feel like just kind of dragged a little bit. I feel like there was a weird lag in every episode. And I think someone needs to remind, um, you know, Jessica Jones people and the Netflix people that like the great thing about your platform is that you don't need episodes to be a certain length. So edit that no. shit. <laughs> episode, if you want an episode to be only like 37 minutes instead of 56, yeah, it can be done. Like it doesn't need to be an hour every time. Yeah, I um, think that they could definitely, uh, yeah, there's certain things that just weren't necessary, really. Yeah, yeah, or just, it, it didn't feel, it felt shoved into, like, that plot of that episode, mm-hmm. it, and then made the pacing weird. But, it, like, mostly, ex- like, except for the first episode, which, which I think people just have to get through, um, it does a better job. The, I just also hated that the fucking guy, like... Why call yourself the wizard? Like, that's a terrible name. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody he, would ever call themselves. I'm the wizard. He he pees a lot. Yeah, that's what it makes it sound like. Yep. <laughs> and then it's like when at the, that, like, she has her big monologue at the end. It's like, they've attacked me and the wizard. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you can't take that seriously. Yep, exactly. Poor guy. Uh, yes, poor guy. But he had a terrible. No- Do you notice in the next, the other episodes, they completely drop that and just call him by his real name? Yeah, because they're like, wait, this is stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. It felt like that. It felt like a pilot of a show, and then switching back to like they're like, oh, this is the actual what the show's going to be like. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, it's kind of weird though. The show, you're right. It, it fails with pacing a lot. And there's a few things where they, they drop little clues and then they act like it's a big reveal, like 20 minutes later. And you're like, well, okay, way to catch up, Jessica, because we knew exactly where that was going. And yeah, it's like they the dropped first the first episode. clue. Yeah, it's like they dropped the first clue for the audience and we're like, oh, okay. And then they do it like four more times and then reveal it. Yeah. And it's like, this makes your character seem really stupid. Yeah, for someone who's supposed to be really good at this, because it happened with the wizard and it happens when they're like, oh no, Jessica's missing 20 minutes of her life, or 20 days rather. And it's like, well, yeah. Obviously, we, we know what that. happened in those 20 days. <laughs> yeah, we also like knew that from the first season. Yeah, um, I was confused why they acted like it was such a reveal. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's because it's been such a time frame is that they're assuming people would be not have watched that recently. So they'll be like, we have to refresh people. Yeah. Um, but it, it does, it's like stuff like, yeah, it is kind, but it's stuff like that that just sticks out in a... Because I like... With exceptions, the first episode was like pretty strong, and it didn't have to worry about doing that stuff. To be fair to it, because mm-hmm. it was a new show. Um, yeah, but I'm generally positive on it. Like all the acting is good as it usually is. Yeah, uh, I think there's some good threads that they could follow through um, on this season. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes, and I love, I love uh, Kristen Ritter. Is that how you say it? The best part of the show by far. She's so good. I love her in this role. As a alcoholic, troubled human, mm-hmm. he likes having meanest, meaningless sex with strangers and breaking things. Yep, she hasn't done that much yet. Well, much. <laughs> much. That's true. There was. That's true. It's, she's. It's being slow for her, but you know, she's growing. She's full of self-loathing, so <laughs> it's not really surprising. That, and then for the the next on the next episode, we'll talk about. Uh, God help the hobo, uh, the octopus, and FaceTime, and we'll go into more spoilers as we go on. I uh, just didn't really want to do it in the first three um, because people probably wouldn't have watched it, but you're warned for the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, Carolyn, you watched more superhero things. I did. I I went to the movie theater three times in the past like week and a half. Oh, what did you? What was the third thing you watched? Uh, Game Night, which is not a superhero movie, but I did see it. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what? And what was the uh, the other superhero thing you watched? I wonder what could it be. Um, it was Black Panther. Dun dun dun. Uh, that's uh, my music. Not not very relevant to that Marvel movie, but maybe another one. No. <laughs> uh, and I've already said my piece on this film, so I'll let you go, and then we'll get into spoilers on the movie that everybody has seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I believe you said it in the last one that it's probably the best movie that Marvel's done. Uh, I would agree. I enjoyed it the most, and it was definitely the most unique of all of them. Um, I have one question for you before you get in. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Did you also like the fact that Michael B. Jordan took his shirt off halfway through the movie and then never put a shirt back on? Yes, I loved it. Except the last fight <laughs> scene, he was fully uh, like skin suited up, and I was sad about that. So. You did have like a solid forty five minutes of shirtless Michael B. Jordan, though. And this is true. That's probably why they put the the scene where he beats um, T'Challa and the waterfall area. That's probably why mm-hmm. that it's was in the it. whole reason, <laughs> not for the story or for anything. Like, how do we get him shirtless? Yeah, there was definitely some ladies involved in the making of this film, I believe. <laughs> The wardrobe department's like, oh, no, we lost his shirts. Oh, we ordered smalls. <laughs> oh, no. Who knew you Michael, were so, we're so big? So, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Have this sweet robe you can wear instead. <laughs> but it doesn't close. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But, uh, no, I loved it. It was, um, it was really interesting that they, I mean, obviously they created a whole world um, of Wakanda, but they didn't lean away from it at all. I thought that uh, since we saw some scenes that were in uh, presumably the States, maybe Chicago, Baltimore, whatever, um, I thought that they would Oakland? do... Sorry? In Oakland? Uh, is that what it was? They say that like three times. Well, 
It looks like Chicago or Baltimore. <laughs> it might have been filmed there. I don't know. But they definitely say it's Oakland. <laughs> well, when I saw those scenes, I thought that they would have more of the movie there. Um, and I really appreciated that they didn't. Um, they took the, they took the, I guess, American boy and put him in this magical land rather than took the superheroes and put them in, you know, New York, um, as they do in most of the other superhero movies other than Thor, but that's, that doesn't count. But, um, yeah, so they really leaned into it with all of the characters. It's not like, I don't know. What I'm really trying to say is it's weird to see a movie with a token white person. And I loved it. You mean Tolkien white persons? Boo. <laughs> you must be happy about that one. I know you. Deep down, you're like, hmm. I love that of the two American characters, <laughs> one of them was played by a British guy. Both of them were played by British guys. Michael B. Jordan's not British? Oh, I thought you were talking about Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. Oh, no. No, Andy Serkis was not American, I don't think. In that movie, no, he was just he was just eating the scenery. Yeah, he was awesome. I loved <laughs> him. That he was so good. He also got noticeably buffer. Yeah, I thought he would be the villain longer. I appreciated that he wasn't because that gave Michael B. Jordan a chance to kind of you know exist. But um, but no, I loved I loved when he was in the movie. He was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He was. It was like, and it made sense with like when they go to Korea mm-hmm. and have that whole like little James Bondy type movie in the middle. And it hit like it, it, him being crazy, like fit that part. It wouldn't have fit if he came to Wakanda and was doing that. Yeah. And that is a bond villain. If I've ever seen one. Oh my God. It was, he was so good. And like, he's maybe in the, like the least amount of this movie, but everybody in this movie is incredible. But what I like is they give enough screen time to all these characters like, it, there's obviously, you know, T'Challa's the main character, he's the king, whatever, and Michael B. Jordan is the villain, but by no means is it a two-man story. It's, like, a 12-man story. And, each and of woman. Them, and woman. And each of them are developed. Like, there's certain people, like um, the character played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya, he's not, like, a fully... Wakabi? Yeah, he, he's not necessarily a fully developed character, but, you know, you, you know a little bit about him. But you kind of expect all of the side characters to be that degree of developed. But instead, you have, obviously, the two leads, the hero and the villain. But then there's the other villain who's fairly developed. There's the three women characters who, like, you feel like you're best friends with them by the end of the movie. And I think they were all yeah. very developed as well. Those three are, like, the best part of this movie um, oh, from like, from character standpoints, like... Um, I, I haven't seen the movie as recently you always have, but Shuri is the sister and then Koye is the general and then Nakia, I think. Let me get, yeah, I, I don't, I'm mainly worried about the pronunciation, but they're, it's, she's played by Lapita Nyong'o and they're all like incredible and have like different viewpoints yeah. on like the way the world should be and like fully, and they have like other relationships with other people and they're fully developed and they're all strong and capable too. Mm-hmm. They're not like, they're never damsels. Yeah. And what I loved is that like two of them have romantic, um, I guess, counterparts in the film as well, but they react to their relationships differently as well. And they don't fall victim to just being like the love interest or that kind of thing, as well as uh, the sister never falls victim to just being the baby sister. Like there is that dynamic because obviously that's the relationship between the characters, but she's never just the, the kid sister. No, she's like a fully developed and she's in the most intelligent person in like the Marvel universe now. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way the movie sets her up as, and she's like a teenager. But what I love is, uh, I mean, I was definitely getting some, uh, what is it? Q vibes from her um, <laughs> as well with all the gear and everything. But she didn't fall victim to just being um, like the gear girl or or that kind of thing. Like she's very smart and she could just be this professorial nerd. But she was also the funniest one who was kind of, you know, poking fun at her brother, the king, you know, taking him down a notch. And I got to say the joke, the sneakers joke, like it killed me. I was dead. That's the <laughs> you mean like the meme? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, and like this movie is also like 
it does a great job balancing like being able to be like really funny and i think it helps that like in the first half of the movie it's like when you are in wakanda it's like more lighthearted in a way Mm -hmm. And then when they cut to where Michael B. Jordan and as Eric Killmonger is, it's like a more serious uh, and like a different tone, but it doesn't feel separate from the movie. It's Mm -hmm. and like, there's like so much in this movie is like, we've already started getting into spoilers, but we'll get into more plot ones here is like, basically like the movie has like the villain actually has like a point and a plan Mm -hmm. in this movie. And it's something that people should be able to sympathize sympathize with. Like mm-hmm. you understand the why, the way he is and what he wants to do. And you're like, well, he's not wrong, but he's could be going about this in the wrong way. Like he is. And like, really, I think they make it stated is that like, he wants to rule forever, but it's only him. Yeah. Essentially, he doesn't want to like just be somebody who helps people who are oppressed like rise up. He wants to do that, but then also wants to be the king. Yeah, and I love that they they made his story more than just um, you know he's damaged from what happened to him when he was younger. And I find often like even in good villains, that, that's often the explanation that they give for why they are the way that they are is like, oh, you know, someone got killed when you were young, and that that's bad and now you're mad but at the same time you're right in that he has other reasons some are selfish and some are not and for someone who's a villain he has some very good intentions um you know wrong wrong way to do them but yeah. Good yeah yeah he's a, 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 a tiny bit of like a mass murderer but he does have good intentions like he's he and i think the movie really like starts showing this is like when they both T'Challa and Killmonger end up taking the herb that sends them to like another realm where they interact with uh, their fathers. And when T'Challa takes it, he encounters like his father and then like all of the previous Kings of Wakanda are there Mm -hmm. and he's very much like tied to his homeland. And then when Killmonger does it, he only encounters his father in the room that his father died in. Mm -hmm. And he has no, like there is no, he's not attached to like where he's from. It was only just stories for him. Yep. So he, he, like, just separated, from, like, he's a stranger in the place that he's technically from. Uh, and, like, I think that's the, my favorite scene of the movie is that that conversation between Sterling K. Brown and uh, Michael B. Jordan. I just thought that was incredible. I was just like, okay, this this movie's saying a lot of stuff here. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, when I saw Sterling K. Brown on the screen, I was like, of course he's in this. Like, literally everyone's in this movie. And also, he's incredible in like his two scenes that he has. Yeah, he's very, very good. Like when when you when the movie first starts, he's the sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. So that's and, yeah. And then same with uh, T'Challa's father as well, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's just that's a, a like a bad like just a shitty situation. And then like as the characters find out more, you're it's like, well, maybe maybe neither of them were doing. They like both had good intentions, but they went about doing it the wrong way. Yep. Uh, and like I do like, and the fact that like the movie also content like comments on like the American military stuff because Killmonger is a military person and he's like trained to do that and like the CIA taking it that stuff and how they take governments down. Kind of, like you know they've done that in real life in Africa, which is like a weird thing <laughs> to have a CIA agent in the movie, but you know they can't really do that stuff but like it's also fun at the same time yeah and it covers a lot of heavy issues but it's it's a very fun movie as well like this the fight scenes i found they didn't fall victim to the the marvel or really dc till the end yeah but even then it was like it felt more and i hate that i'm (laughs) referring to it this way but it felt more um lord of the rings than um (laughs) than the avengers you know yeah no it's true there's less it's like i except for brief moments in the fight between t'challa and killmonger like i never really like lost who i was supposed to be looking at Mm -hmm. um because they generally do a good job of like identifying and setting the scene for 
a battle really well, except for like parts of that final fight, just because like they're both in black suits and they're like tumbling through stuff. And you're like, I don't know what's going (laughs) on right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think and this is a major spoiler here, but I think what made the big battle scene between everyone the most interesting was that there really was no bad guys in that. These were people who were friends and allies that were that were attacking each other. So you were sitting there like, you know that you were kind of cheering for the side that's backing T'Challa, but at the same time, you didn't want the other side to get totaled by any means. No, because you understand like why Daniel Kaluuya's character did what he did. Mm-hmm. Like you get it. Well, because yeah, they're, they, it's like king or country, and that's not a choice that those people are used to making. And yeah, and like they they throw in like personal pasts for all these people, and it's like this guy like they're not traitors like they did this for this reason like mm-hmm. killmonger like did what they always wanted to happen that t'challa and the previous people didn't do so like why wouldn't they feel some sense of like loyalty to him if he said if he did it right away like it, it like it's stuff like that that makes sense and you know they'll probably fuck it up with other directors coming in and having to use the black pan black panther and wakanda and stuff but I, hope I don't know. Don't. Like I, was, <laughs> I hope they don't. I'm worried because apparently Avengers, the next Avengers movie, like the last act takes place in Wakanda. Oh, no. Yeah. And like, obviously, uh, T'Challa and like the people around him are going to be fine because I don't know if you know this, Carolyn. Uh, there's going to be a Black Panther 2. It's done, you know, just okay enough to get that to happen. Why would they make <laughs> a Black Panther 2? I don't know. Maybe because it's a art. It's about. It's just past Star Wars. Yeah. The last Star Wars movie, money. Like that's crazy. But oh man, I don't know. I I kind of would like. I know this would never happen, but only Ryan Coogler to do this stuff. I don't even know if he'll come back to do the second one. But why wouldn't he? Though? Yeah. I mean, maybe he didn't come back to do the second Creed movie. That's true. And yeah, I bet he will come back. Now? They're a dream team, mm. those two. Mm. Yeah. I like and I do think this is maybe the best thing Michael B. Jordan's done. Or, or at least this is his best performance. Which is wild because he's had a good past couple of years. <laughs> yeah, like he's uh, yeah, he's well been a child actor. And he's been like good in everything he's done, but I think this is the most different he's had to be than he mm. normally is in things. Like he's allowed to be do something or at least I haven't seen him do before which is wild because you don't normally talk about like how good someone's performance is in a superhero film <laughs> yeah in a, in a Marvel movie yeah. that isn't just like a basis around jokes like it's like no there's like an actual character arc to this person yeah normally it's like oh the bad guy was awesome he was so good but th- that's not what this is it's like well he was awesome though like even starting from the beginning where they're in the museum, he was a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm just feeling it. Like I, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in, I'm into this. <laughs> like, this is fucking awesome. And I also love how like, even, even there it was like, uh, uh, like the way that woman talked to him about these, these relics. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, okay. Like they immediately cast her as like snobbish and rubbing it in his face. Like just how, certain people do yeah uh and it's just yeah i think it's a i'm glad you like it because i i i don't know if you agree with me but what do you think about uh like obviously there's like a lot of months to still come in the year and lots of movies but it doesn't see at least or does it still seem crazy to you that i was saying like oscar stuff about this movie no it doesn't seem crazy i think that um if people keep loving it the way that they did that they have been and continue to do. Um, I mean, obviously it'll be there for all of the, um, the categories that superhero movies and stuff are normally nominated for like Mm -hmm. sound and makeup and whatever those things. Visual effects. Yeah. I think also if they should definitely look at it for costume, I thought there were some sweet costumes in this. Yeah. uh, Some of the performances, like especially Michael B. Jordan, they were beyond just the superhero paradigm so it wouldn't yeah, be and crazy like, and a lot of them aren't one note like okay. they're not just doing one thing like there's a lot a lot there it wouldn't be crazy like i i 
I bet it will be nominated for like best picture and maybe director or something, but it probably won't win, which is fine. And like, who knows, maybe there's going to be 10 movies that are better than it that come out. Mm -hmm. But what's hard too, is it's so early in the, um, in the entertainment year, like the Oscars just happened and this movie came out before them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't see another movie making more money than it this year. No, definitely not. So, I mean, and it's going to win original song because they got Kendrick Lamar and Top Dog to do their whole Oh, the soundtrack was awesome. Yeah. And like the original score for this movie is great. Mm -hmm. And then they have like a separate album that I think they only use the songs in the Korea scene, like briefly, but they are in the movie. And like, obviously the Oscars is going to give an Academy Award to Kendrick Lamar. They're not going to pass up that opportunity. (laughs) Um, And that it was filmed by Rachel Morrison, who was just nominated for an Oscar. Yes, the the cinematographer, correct? Yes, and she did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Like the just when they showed like the landscapes and it's just like my god. Well, how versatile is that woman too cuz she just came off of doing um Mudbound, right? Was she Mudbound? Mm-hmm. And I believe she also did Fruitvale Station. She ah, didn't yeah. do Creed, but she did Fruitvale Station as well. Um So this lady's got talent. Just, <laughs> Yeah, Ryan Coogler's got a lot of talented people that he works with. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see where everybody involved with this goes from here. Like, I, it's. And can Ryan Coogler can do pretty much anything he wants now. Like, who's going to say no to him? Yeah, that is true. Because look at that success. Yeah, that's for better or for worse, but he hasn't made anything even just like meh yet. Like, he's, every movie he's done has been like good to great so and he's only done three movies which is insane like who starts their career like this yeah that's true and like getting a superhero movie um early in the career like this is a the other ones didn't make a lot of money because they were you know more passion things and about about issues and that kind of thing but this is like it's a superhero movie right so now we know he can do the crazy blockbuster hollywood style but also the quieter um, more intricately detailed things as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's going to be, he's like the next great, if already not the great director, like he's only 31. Wow. So, and he's a, like about to be 32, but like a long career of him making movies. So like, that's just exciting. If he's already figured out how to play in like other people's, except for, except for fruitful station, other people's franchises i'm excited to see what he gets when he gets to do is make his own thing yeah it, it makes me feel um useless and unaccomplished <laughs> <laughs> yeah like really it's like wow this guy is like really knows what the fuck he's doing yep. it's, <laughs> but and, um yeah if you haven't seen black panther go see it yep absolutely when i saw it it was a sold out show and that was week five of it showing. So it's still number one in the box office and will probably be number one next week because mm-hmm. unless that new Pacific Rim movie is going to knock it off. No. Oh, Marilyn, <laughs> spoilers. Are you telling me Pacific Rim Uprising, Sherlock Gnomes and Paul Apostle of Christ are not going to beat Black Panther in the box office? Is Paul Apostle of Christ like a real religious film? I believe I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I have no idea what it is. I just pulled up uh, re- bit releases for next week, and that was the third one on the list. So. Well, then it then it won't knock Black Panther off, but it'll make a buttload of money because Christian films always do. Always. Is this always? Well, yes. Is it weird that Jim Caviezel is playing, I'm assuming, a religious figure in this movie, not knowing anything, but he also played Jesus? Is that like a... A no-no? I don't know. You might say it's a bit sacrilegious. Oh, boy. What? Let's move on. <laughs> okay. That killed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carolyn, uh, what's the what's the thing you wanted to recommend that I check out uh, that you have already seen? Well, I have a couple because I feel like you're going to have seen the first one I say. Throw them at me. All right. Have you seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show, not the movie? 
I've watched every episode of that show. All right, cross the hat off the list. With um, the exception of one that I fell asleep in and then didn't feel the need to go back and watch it. <laughs> it's a great show. Well, let's go with, have you seen Winona Earp? No, I haven't. I am, You've talked about that before, but I have not, not checked it out. Let me just uh, look at it. And you've watched the entire show? There's only two seasons. The first one's on Netflix. What? There's the second season isn't though. Not yet, because it's uh, they haven't released the third season yet. I feel like once the third season premieres, they'll put the second one on Netflix. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, though, I will. The first episode is very bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> like, I watched the first episode shorter. and I was like, ugh, and then I left the show alone. And then I went back to it when I was bored and I was doing something else. And it's one of those shows that you kind of look up at about like episode four and you're like, wait, when did I start caring about these characters? Shoot. Now I'm stuck with it. So. Okay. I will watch three episodes by by the next time we do this. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, I will do it. uh, And then we'll talk about it. People call it the, um, the modern Buffy. I think that that might be too much praise, but it's definitely, you definitely get some Buffy vibes from it. Um, So that's why it was my second choice to Buffy. Okay. Uh, And mine is, I would like, if if you've seen, have you seen the show Atlanta? With Donald Glover? Uh, Yes. I have not. Okay. They're they're not as long as the Winona Earp episodes, but. What are they? uh, 23 minutes? 20 to 30. Mm, Okay. Uh, but just the first three episodes of season one, because that's my favorite show on TV right now. The second season's currently airing, uh, and I absolutely loved the first season, and the second season is is the same. Um, but, and like I, I'm pretty sure you'll like the show, but mm-hmm. you can you can watch as many as obviously as you want, but we'll only talk about the first three. Who does um, Atlanta? Like what uh, station? I guess. FX. FX. So, Perfect. You know, if you have Hulu or other means of finding things on the internet, I'm not going to say what. I'm sure you can buy rent them from iTunes. Maybe, yeah, perhaps. Or other websites that uh, may or may not cost money, but <laughs> you will definitely pay for it. I know that. I I will rent it from <laughs> iTunes right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, I absolutely adore that show. Uh, I think it's the, it's the best thing currently airing on TV and I don't think it's close. So I'm actually surprised you haven't watched it, but, uh, to figure out which one will actually, uh, finish the season of Mm-hmm. talking about carolyn i'm gonna make you play a game to see which one we do oh lord if you get more than half so you have to get you have to get nine of these right okay uh then we'll do winona erp so this is the portion of the show where you basically show my inadequacies is that what's happening or my underestimating your intelligence yes i think that you've got the intelligence right about par so yeah but i <laughs> Um, so I have 16 actors here mm-hmm. and it has their highest grossing movie they made. Oh Lord. Okay. Uh, and I be- it's almost 50, 50, uh, men and women. I initially did this list with 15 people and I wasn't keeping track and I realized they were all men. Uh, it's a man. It is. So I went back through and picked out and each movie is only on here once. So it's not like a bunch of people from, for example, it's not going to be like an example of what this would be is if I said like Carrie Fisher, Carol mm-hmm. would obviously say Star Wars, like the latest Star Wars, obviously. Right? And same with Mark Hamill. So it's not going to be like I picked people who are in different movies, like right. who had different highest grossing movies, because I'm not just going to list the cast of the Avengers and it's going to be like, oh, Chris Evans, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Hmm, I wonder what that one could be. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have a name for this game? Every good game needs no. a name. I, I, uh, uh, try uh, stump dunks. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you, I did not think that far through, Carolyn. Well, you thought you're the, on your feet. Yeah, yeah, well, it helps because of your last name. It does. Okay, do you want me to start at the lowest grossing or the highest grossing person? The lowest grossing. This will be their 15 minutes of fame. That's hilarious for the person who is the lowest grossing on this list. Is They're the 98th highest grossing actor, actress or actor, and it's Meryl Streep. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Now I regret it. I think she's she doesn't need my fame. No, um, I don't think she needs anybody's fame. No. <laughs> Again, I, that's so perfect. Oh, good Lord. Now I feel bad about it. It's okay. She won't listen. Um, so I'm supposed to guess her highest grossing film? Yeah, without cheating. I'm not cheating. Can I phone a friend? Also, um, is that friend me? <laughs> um, also, how, how do you, I, side note, do you think Meryl Streep listens to podcasts? Not ours. Or does she know how to listen to podcasts? Because she's an older person. But... Have you heard her speak? She's incredibly intelligent. I think she just doesn't deign to internet. Yeah, I don't think Meryl's an internet person, but I bet she's like reads the newspaper. Well, yes, but we're not in the newspaper yet. No, yes. no. Do they still even make newspapers? I wouldn't know. I also don't read the newspaper. <laughs> you know what you're doing right now? You're just buying me lots of time to. You're welcome. It. Um. <laughs> I'm not Googling it. Um, highest grossing. Now, this is hard because she's done a lot of films back in the day. It's not adjusted for inflation. Okay. So those ones automatically would make less money in theory. Yeah. And it's um, it's worldwide box office, I think. It's worldwide. Bo- I looked at worldwide box office, not domestic. Right. Okay. I'm going to start this with saying her best movie is probably Kramer versus Kramer, but (laughs) her highest grossing, my guess is Mamma Mia. You're right. I am? Mamma Mia. Yes. It's because it's modern and you don't need to be smart to watch it. That's true. And she's not in the sequel. No, she's not, which is also coming out soon, but Cher is in the sequel. Okay, moving on. Um, this is the 93rd highest. Angelina Jolie. Oh. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. Is it Tomb Raider? It's Maleficent. Oh, God. I gotta always go with the superheroes. Or Disney? Yeah. <laughs> Never bet against You're not getting... It's true. They rule the box office. And this you're not gonna you're not gonna get this one. Well, thank you for putting so it on you know, the list. You're not because I had no idea. So when I saw this, I was like, "What?" Uh, Sixty-five. Sandra Bullock. Oh, Miss Congeniality. No. Because uh, you said Miss Congeniality, or no? The proposal. No, really, minions. Minions. She's in minions. Exactly. That was my thought too. I was like, "What?" Yeah. You should get this one though. It gets easier as it goes up. I, I, you, you'll find. I imagine. Um, number forty-nine, Zoe Saldana. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, you're wrong again. Uh, she's she's in an that, Avatar. Right? Yeah, but she's also an Avatar. Oh, she is. Which is the? Oh, she's the. Yeah, she's the blue lady. Shoot, you know, Star Trek would also be a fair guess for that. But um, you're not. Yeah, but you're not doing great, Carolyn. I'm really not. One for. You're twenty five percent right now. In my defense, though, one of them was a cartoon. One of them had crazy makeup. So I'm looking for. That was also the highest grossing movie ever ever made. What I'm learning is that. People really like just terrible things. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, it's also the whole world, right? So mm-hmm. uh, number 44, Forrest Whitaker. Um, 
I'm trying to think of literally anything I've seen him in. He's in everything, but like, uh, I mean, he was in Black Panther, shush. But it's, oh, I guess then that, yeah. Black Panther. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking there of him as a lead, and I was like, what? Yeah, Black Panther. They don't have to, it's they don't have to be leads. They just have to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, next one, and this was surprising. This person was so far down the list. Uh, number forty-three, Brad Pitt. Okay. Oh, he's been in a lot of action mm-hmm. things, and people like action things. Is that one Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. Is it something better than that? Please? I don't know. It's World War Z. Oh, really? People yeah, watch that people, movie? That movie? Yeah, they're doing a sequel with David Fincher directing, I think. To be fair, I also saw that movie in theaters. So, I'm not one to comment. You're part of the problem. I, yeah, I, I am the problem. You might get this one. I don't know. It kind of hits your hits your wheelhouse of when it came out, of the movies you were into. Uh, number 41, Elizabeth Banks. Pitch Perfect. No. Really? Catching Fire. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. You're not doing well. It feels like we're going to be talking about Atlanta's with Jessica Jones, which I am. But I feel like all of my guesses are not unreasonable. They're just wrong, which I don't think is better. But that's fine. I mean, you guessed Mr. and Mrs. Smith twice. Yeah, well, I was wrong both times. So I learned from my mistakes, yeah. really. You know, you, even though you guessed it the first time for somebody who was lower on the list than Brad Pitt, so it couldn't be Brad Pitt's movie. But, you know. This is a good point. Math is, math is difficult sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that silence is probable. It's because I'm shaking. Number 21, number 21, Will Smith. Oh. Yeah, this one is harder. When was the last time he was relevant? I mean, he's still technically relevant. He has children. Yeah, you, you can't piggyback on your children's success. Unless you can, because they're in That's your That's not movie. a hint. That's not a hint. <laughs> but is it a hint? I, that's, no, that movie bombed. Uh, he's got multiple movies with children in it, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give you a hint, and it's not a, ch- a movie with his kid, and it's definitely not the one that was a blockbuster movie with his kid. With his kid, it's not that one. Is it iRobot? No, oh, wait, it's a uh, Suicide. He's in Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's Suicide Squad. Oh, I didn't even know he was in that. I would have never gotten that. Yeah, you're doing quite poor. I'm doing terrible. You've gotten two out of... I got two? Eight. I thought I only got one. Out of eight. But I'll take your two. Yeah, halfway through and two out of eight. So you're still at 25%. Mm-hmm. You've hit all of these, except one. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, number 19. Sorry. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, thank you for getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Moana. No. Oh, don't get Jumanji. it very Really? No. Jumanji. Jumanji did very well. This is true. I actually almost saw it the other day, but I saw Black Panther instead, <laughs> so you should be proud. <laughs> thank you for following him through on what I asked you to do. For once, though. For once, I was like... You know what? I'll go for the one that I wouldn't expect because it's a cartoon person and it's really just a voice. But no, I was wrong again. To be fair, Moana also made a whole lot of money. Just a whole lot, not enough. No, Jumanji came out more recently, though. And people didn't realize it. It it made all this money without being number one at the box office as well. So it was just in theaters for a long time. Right. Uh, Number 16, Night at the Museum. Oh, I just ruined it. Robin Williams. I'll give you that one. That's his, that's the, wow. That's that high grossing? Yeah, Night at the Museum did like really well, apparently. I mean. They made three of them. I also saw that in theaters. And also, making three does not mean they're good. No, that's, uh, they've made like 17 Transformers movies and none of them have ever been good, so. Yeah, but Megan Fox was hot. 
and then she was gone. So. And now she's back. Is she? In like a Michael Bay thing again? Is she like old? Oh, I mean, I think she's in her thirties. That's that old, old for someone who's like Megan Fox. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, number twenty, uh, Emma Watson. Mm. Well, there's two ways that could go, <laughs> and only two ways. What are the two ways, Carolyn? Harry Potter and um, Beauty and the Beast. Now, which one of those made more? Well, the problem with Harry Potter is that there's seven, eight? Lots. Eight. Did they even come out in this decade? Uh, I saw one in high school, so yes. Okay. What year did you graduate high school? 2011. Okay, that's a a while ago. This is true. Okay, Beauty and the Beast. There you go. <laughs> I like how you're slowly I, pushing I, me in the right direction so that it's less embarrassing for me. I know you're not going to get one of these next two right, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, it matters for my pride. Number no- yeah, Well, that's true. The best you can do is 50%, and that's a pass. That is true. Uh, number nine, Tom Cruise. Mm. I feel like it's uh, I want to say Mission Impossible but the first one was so long ago that I feel like not there's also five of them that is true. <laughs> I have no way of figuring out which one it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, when, when, do you know when they came out? The Mission Impossible movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first two came out in the 90s. And then three was in around 2010-ish. And then four was like 2014. And five was, or four was 2013. And five was 2016, 2017. The real question is, do people still go to them? Yes, and is it even one of them? Yeah, I feel like it's probably not one of them. Um, He's been in a lot of movies that have done like very well. A lot of action movies. People like that shit, like I said. Uh, this is not my answer, but it could also be... <laughs> it could also be War of the Worlds, people like that. Um, Did people like that? Uh, that's a no. It's not War of the Worlds. Well, I'm not saying it's a no. I'm just like, I'm sure it made a bunch of money. And it was a Spielberg movie. But I thought when you said, Did people like that? Was it like critically acclaimed? Uh, oh, all no, it was not. I was commenting on. Um, I'm not trying to, I'm not helping or not nothing on this one. I was just commenting on critically acclaimed. It's hard when it's not adjusted for things. Um, what was the? Has the fifth one come out yet of Mission Impossible? The sixth one? Oh, good lord! I guess the sixth one comes out this year. The fifth one came out a couple of years ago. They should really just advertise those with like Mission Impossible, the newest one. <laughs> Carolyn, have you even seen them? I've seen the first one. Okay, well, three, four, and five are also very good movies. Okay, let's go with four. Okay, you're wrong. You actually said the name of the movie. It's War of the Worlds. Is it? Ah. Yeah. Well, that's acceptable, I guess. Uh, This next one I'll be surprised if you get. Um, Maybe I'm underestimating your knowledge of the... Of this person's filmography. 26, Cameron Diaz. Oh. Uh, that surprises me that she's 26. Not, right? not in age, but like in, in money. Because all of her movies that I can remember were like early 2000s rom-coms. And bad? Yeah. Like, people will see them. But... Mm. Yeah, she was a big. Or she was in movies that made a lot of money. So, was she like the main character? 
In this movie? Yeah. No. Hmm. She was not the main character. Mm, that makes it harder. No, but she was like a main part of the movie. She's in but it. It's not. Yeah, it's not her character that's the main character. I don't even know that I can name a Cameron Diaz movie. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to give you some hints on this one. Okay. Um, think back to like the early 2000s. Okay. And animated oh. movies. Oh, never mind. I was almost going to say Charlie's Angels, but that saved me from not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh! This, this franchise was had she sequels. She was in Shrek. She was the princess, right? Now, which Shrek movie made the most money? <laughs> uh, how many was there? There was three. Five? Oh, no. Um, five. It's either four or five. Hmm. I feel like there's... I didn't even know there was a fourth one. Shrek, Shrek, Shrek. Does Puss in Boots count as one? Uh, probably not. Maybe? Okay, then I think there, there. I think there's four in, like, the, you know, main story of the Shrek series. That incredible fiction. Good lord. The first one was good. The rest I cannot get behind. Um, <laughs> my heart says... Oh, shoot. What was the fourth one? Shrek Forever After? I wanted to say Shrek yes. the Third. But, like, did people still watch Shrek the Fourth? Is the, <laughs> the biggest I, I've I've got you to the Shrek, and that's all I'm going to do to help you. You have a 25% chance. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I'm going to go with Shrek the Third. You're wrong. It's Shrek 2. Shrek 2. People gave up after the... Oh, well, you know what? That actually makes sense because people liked Shrek 1. And then people did mm-hmm. not like Shrek 2 as much as Shrek 1, so they gave up. Yeah. Uh, these next three people mm-hmm. are the hot three highest growing actors in Hollywood. Uh, and I'm going to go from three to one. Uh, you should probably get these, I would imagine. May, I, maybe two out of three. Uh, the third one is Tom Hanks. Um, hmm. He's been in a lot of good movies, though. He's also been in a lot of movies. Yes. Can you tell me if it's recent or old? What's recent? Uh, the past 10 years? It's within the past 10 years. Okay. Uh, Think back to your youth, Carolyn. My youth. Mm. What was the one rule you said at the beginning of this when you were hearing these movies that you should always go with? Always go with Disney. I'm trying to figure out what Disney movie he was in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3. Which one? There you go. I saw that in theaters, too. You know what? I, I am well. the survey. I've seen all these movies. You are. Uh, I don't think you've seen this movie, though. Uh, number two, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford? <laughs> yes. The most recent Star Wars that he was in. So the seventh one? I guess, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> And the number one grossing actor. I have seen that one, by me. the way. Oh, you have? I have, yeah. Wow, congratulations. And that's where I stopped. You're f- further along than I am. Because so. <laughs> I have more than one? Uh, yeah, yeah, f- fair. <laughs> uh, enough. Uh, number one, Samuel L. Jackson. He's grossed over $5 billion of the mo- in movies that he's been in. See, my heart wants to say snakes on a plane, but I think it was terrible. Well, that is that is wrong. <laughs> uh, I do not think that movie was his highest grossing film. Um, my other heart wants to say Pulp Fiction, but it was too long ago. Maybe. Your silence makes me think that I'm wrong. 
Disney. Disney. Disney, Disney. He was in a Disney movie? Oh, yes. he's in Avengers. Is he not? There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, Lordy. It's all these side characters that I just don't know. Well, that's fair. You did, you know, kind of how I expected you to do. Like, pretty bad. You got eight out of 16. That's not that bad. So you know what that means? You're a wiener. We don't get to talk about Winona Earp for that. We don't get to talk about the whole first season of Winona Earp. We get to talk about the whole first season of Atlanta. Woohoo! Uh, which from an artistic level is probably the right choice, but from a comedy level, who knows? <laughs> this is a good point. <laughs> I do know Atlanta has less cowboys uh, going out on a limb. By just looking at the stills of Winona Earp. But maybe not less shooting. Not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much all we have for this episode. Unless there's anything you want to talk about, Dunks, that we haven't covered. No. I think that is it. Hey, everybody. Uh, unfortunately, end of this podcast was corrupted, so it was lost. Nothing much was missed. We just did uh, the usual social media stuff. So you can follow me at James underscore Willicks everywhere, and you can follow Carolyn at Cheese Fan Number One on in- on Twitter and Carolyn Dunk ninety three on Instagram. And next week we're talking about episode four, five, and six of Jessica Jones. Episodes one, two, and three of both Atlanta. And when I want to erp, that's it. This is just me signing off this time alone. Bye, everybody. Hope you have a good weekend.